Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. I'm still looking at these numbers, the promotional money that was spent by various arms of the government. You know, it's like the little swag bag. If you go somewhere to an event and you spend money to attend, usually you get something, you know. They'll give you something. But when the government spends or government agency spends $637,000, as the Business Development Bank of Canada did on promo stuff, that's uh, (laughs) you really should look at this. $66 for a bottle of olive oil. And then it was the golf ball, and I mentioned that to Lisa Rate. Thirty-five grand for golf balls. Some of them cost twenty-two fifty each, and seventy-eight dollars per pen from the Farm Credit Canada. They bought hundred and sixty pens, seventy-eight dollars each, twelve thousand five hundred and fifty-five dollars for promotional pens. I, you know, I really seriously, the pen I've been using here, and I quite like it, is probably about eight cents along with all of its friends that came in that plastic package. Whoops, shouldn't say plastic. Um, The Canadian Taxpayer Federation has certainly paid attention to that. They're paying attention to a lot of issues, like I was reading a story from uh, CTF about uh, taxpayers losing billions of dollars to a lack of pipelines. We know that. Uh, We had the former Premier of New Brunswick, Frank McKenna, on this program, the Deputy Chair of TD Bank, And Mr. McKenna told us that uh, this was maybe a year or so ago he was on, and he was telling us about that study that uh, TD did. And we lost, this country lost something in the neighborhood of, I think it was $107 billion over seven years, just in the discount that we spend spend our money, sell our oil to, to the Americans, because they're our only clients. It's just madness. Aaron Woodrick was the federal director of the Canadian Taxpayers Federation. He joins me on the program. Aaron, good to talk to you again. And I'm looking at this headline from, uh, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday from the taxpayers. Uh, taxpayers losing billions due to a lack of pipelines. Speak to that, please. Yeah, look, well, what we did here, Roy, uh, the TD study and a number of other studies have focused on the fact that there's obviously a lot of economic effects to oil. Of course, there's jobs, uh, there's the, the, the revenue that's generated from that. Uh, but we wanted to focus on something specific, and that was the, the loss to the federal government's coffers. Um, you know, the federal government's facing a big deficit. The federal government does a lot of things. And uh, we, we worked out that because of the lack of pipelines, this is solely as a result of the pipeline deficit, so to speak, over $6 billion in the last five years, taxpayers have lost out on as a result of the fact that we just can't get our oil to markets other than the United States. And uh, what are the prospects of this improving? Uh, well, regardless of who gets into power, what do, you, what do you see as the prospects? Because there's going to be opposition to pipelines, whoever is, is, is running the government. 
you, you know, there's no, there's no question about that. Uh, I, I would argue that, uh, you know, some, some governments may be better than others. Um, it also depends a lot on what the courts say. Um, but I think one of the problems, you know, and, and I don't want to blame the Trudeau government for all of what has happened. It's not entirely their fault, but they have made some strategic errors that have, have basically painted themselves into a corner. One example I often give, Roy, is that, yeah, they, they did not kill Trans Mountain, but they did kill Northern Gateway and they let Energy East die. So they essentially put all their eggs in one basket. So I think one strategy has to be uh, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Build, try and build multiple pipelines, and at least if you don't build them all, you get some built. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, uh, so I, I'm, I'm under no illusion it's not going to be fixed overnight. I think uh, Western premiers recognize that. But there needs to at least be a predictable path forward, and we certainly do not want to have a federal government that continues to propose laws like Bill C-48, which is a tanker ban, and C-69, which is one that will essentially make it impossible to build pipelines. That just certainly does not help the situation at all. No, and it really speaks to what's important to the Liberals, and it's not pipelines. You know, and I don't believe for a second, Aaron, that their hearts uh, are in uh, TMX. Well, no, and this is the this is the real tragedy of them purchasing the pipeline. They've really pleased no one at all. They have not pleased people. That they, they, they're not fooling anybody that they don't want to do it. They may feel they're grudgingly they have to go through the motions because they recognize that you know provinces like Alberta depend heavily on this industry. Uh, but they they really have succeeded in angering everyone and wasting uh, billions of taxpayers' money in the process. You know, Mr. Trudeau received letters from uh, in people who invest a tremendous amount of money. Um, international investment firms that handle huge, huge amounts of money for their clients. And he was urged by a number of these people to get the energy industry back online, to really promote the energy industry and to push hard to generate the kind of revenue that is possible for this country and to support the economy of this country by by pushing again for, for the development of our energy industry. And and he doesn't he doesn't do it. And he's, he's, he's running up the debt, the national debt, and he's running up a deficit, which he remember? I mean, you remember this better than most. 2015, it was, uh, oh yeah, there'll be no deficit by 2019. This is, this is, a, this is a financial fiasco. Well, it really is. And that's the greater irony here is if there's any government that you think would be desperate for extra revenue that pipelines could deliver, it would be this government. They're yeah. spending money faster than it's coming in. And yet they do not seem interested in, you know, having the economy grow in a way that's going to allow them to actually pay for their ridiculously expensive promises. So can you uh, can you understand why? They're doing what they're doing. Why, why, is, why is Trudeau doing what he's doing? Because I think that the moment of truth, the moment of, of, of lucid thought that we were exposed to from him occurred during one of his town halls fairly early on in the now essentially pointless town halls that he's running. But it was early on where he said, uh, and I don't have the exact quote, but it was words to the effect that we can't phase out the, the, the oil sands right now. So that was that to me and to most Canadians, I think, underscored and 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 spoke to what his real intent is. Yeah, so well, so I, so I, I so why 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 do they feel this way? What what's what's this about? Well, I think uh, it's probably no secret to most that uh, at the end, deep down they believe this is a dirty industry. They grudgingly accept that it's something we have right now, but they don't like it. And if they could find a way to, to phase it out, as they say, uh, they, they, they would like to do it. Um, I think that's pretty clear. But it's not up to them. Their job is to pragmatically manage the affairs of the country and to create as much economic benefit to, as possible to support the social programs that we're all so proud of that are under duress now. 
I completely agree with you, Roy. And the other great irony we just saw this week, you know, while they were busy trying to shut down the industry that creates oil and gasoline, they were giving handouts. They gave a handout to a private jet company based in Peterborough. Luxury private jets, right? Five million dollar handout, corporate welfare. So if you build if you build a uh, vehicle that uses gasoline, you get corporate welfare handouts from the government. If you are in the industry that actually makes the oil that allows those planes to fly, um, they want to phase you out. So I, I mean, <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. How how any of that makes any sense? Yeah, but it's not. At least it's not twelve million dollars for refrigerators. <laughs> well, as I said, Roy, if they really wanted to incentivize a change in behavior for Lava, why didn't they hit them with a refrigerator tax? I mean, that's supposed to be the argument for the rest of us. Why didn't they do that for Lava? Why didn't they? I, I'm just looking at this line that uh, comes from your news release and uh, at taxpayer.com. The CTF analysis, now this goes back to the pipelines, the CTF analysis shows the federal government lost $6.2 billion between 2013 and 2018, and that number, this is the one that just makes my eyeballs pop out, that number is rising by $3.6 million per day. Yeah, we're literally leaving that money on the table because we simply, we have the, we have the product, we cannot ship it where it needs to go, that costs us $3.6 million a day for no other reason than we just, we just can't get it to them. Yeah, I wanna to talk to you about this uh, media bailout. That's had uh, that's gotten a lot of attention in the last couple of days, and uh, it deserves a lot more than it's than it's gotten, and I'm sure it's going to get it. And and that uh, that famous photograph of uh, Mr. Diaz and his <laughs> uniform te- uniform team labeling themselves the opposition, that really looks like an objective crew. Uh, let me take a break here, Aaron, and I want to come back to you and talk to you about that because we now know. Uh, the the names of the eight organizations that are going to decide which media organization in, in this country are worthy of financial support from the government from that $595 million package they, they swear is going to be distributed to worthy media. Aaron Woodrick with me, Federal Director of the Canadian Taxpayers. Federation. It's uh, taxpayer.com. That's tax as in one person. Taxpayer.com, because we are. We're all one person. We all have one big pocket, and all the government agencies and various governments dig their grubby little fingers into our one big pocket. I'm getting carried away here, but it's... You know what? Why, Aaron? It's disturbing to me. Yesterday, I was going through some of my papers, and I, and I started to look at how much I paid in taxes over the last couple of years, and I'm thinking, this money that I've paid in, the money that we all pay in, is, is not being judiciously spent. It's not being respectfully treated. And, and we can go back to the $78 pen if we want to go to something fundamental. Uh, it, it's, it's really disturbing. It really is disturbing how, how disrespectfully our money is being handled by various levels of government. Yeah, no argument there. I mean, I think the most frustrating thing I hear from people is they say, look, I realize I have to pay some tax. All I'm asking for is good value for money. I want to see. And and, and nothing frustrates them more, Roy, than being asked to pay more. uh, And they, they pay more and they don't have a shorter commute. They don't have better hospitals. They don't have better schools. Yep. Uh, and yet they see the, their tax bill going up and up and up. Yeah. And if you're a small business operator, you're then told by the people who are disrespectfully spending your tax dollars that you're a tax cheat. That'll, that goes over well, doesn't it? 
Well, yeah, every time you de- and you demonize the folks who create jobs, who generate wealth, who serve our communities in more ways than one, uh, you know, that is it's just uh, it, it's really offensive to so many people. All right. Let's have a look at this uh, this story about the uh, about the uh, newspaper bailout. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is bailout the right word? I'm trying to find another one. But anyway. Yeah. But anyway. It is it is it is partly a bailout, so there is a bit of subsidy in there. A lot of it is tax credits as well. I just think overall, you know, we're we're very critical of the whole idea. Don't get me wrong, Roy. I deal with a lot of journalists every day. I think they're great people. I understand the industry is in a in a tough place, uh, but this is going to make the problem worse. Uh, you know, one of the most important things about media is, of course, independence. And there is no way to get around it. If you are going to have a panel or politicians or somebody deciding who gets the handouts and who doesn't, that is going to make more media dependent than others. Yep. And, you know, when, when the government announced who was on this panel, um, and it includes industry lobbyists, it includes unions, uh, this is, this, these are people who are, it's the fox guarding the hen house. It is people who have a vested interest. I mean, I'm very critical of all corporate welfare, but I've never seen a situation, Roy, where they actually appoint a panel to decide who gets the corporate welfare, and it's people who stand to benefit from, from the, the cash pot. It's unbelievable to me. And, you know, I just look at the calendar. We're not that far from October the 21st. <laughs> and so here's a perfect opportunity for the for the the people the organizations the union uh, who are now going to decide which newspapers uh, are are worthy of uh, financial support from that 595 million dollars they're going to have every opportunity to fire out uh, news release after news story after attack on the conservatives or the ndp or whoever they want and and I I'm I'm very concerned about that. This is the the timing of it is really troubling to me. Not just the fact of it is, but certainly the timing also. It is, and you know I, I have not met a journalist in Ottawa yet who is not very troubled by this. And they you know they're frustrated by you've got Jerry Dias lashing out and saying Andrew Shears being like Donald Trump, and journalists are calling him out and saying you're you're making it worse, Jerry. You're not helping. You know when you when you aggressively overtly attack one political party, you're really you're really undermining the case that this is going to be neutral and it's not going to be partisan. I mean, it is. I, I'm I'm actually surprised, Roy, that they've managed to mess it up this bad. I thought it was going to be bad. I did not imagine in my wildest dreams it was going to be as bad as they have rolled it out. Well, and 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 it it has legs. I mean, this is this is this has life, and and it's not going to be it's it's not going to do anything. Let's put it this way: media consumers who may be jaundiced about about media are certainly not going to suddenly start feeling, well, this is a good idea. This will reestablish credibility. If anything, it'll just push them further away from the trust level they may have had in media. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, there, you, you cannot tell me that uh, a, a panel that has Unifor on it is going to view media outlets that have a conservative slant the same way ones that take a left-wing slant. It just It's not, not credible and not believable. And in fact, if anything, their response since this announcement, Unifor has continued to lash out. They're only making it worse. They're making it worse every day. They carry on. And it's, it's, a, it's a travesty because even if it does not help the Liberals' re-election chances, it really is just further eroding um, trust in in the media, and that's a, that's a bad thing. We need uh, you know a, a, an independent press and a press that's trusted is important in a democracy. 
So to see it erode is a legitimate problem, but this is boy, this is about the worst possible way to go about uh, supposedly fixing it. Yeah, let me ask you just one more question. Andrew Shear wants that energy card across Canada. I spoke with Lisa Raid about that at the top of the hour. How does taxpayer how does taxpayer federation feel about that? Yeah, I think it's something that definitely needs to be explored. I mean, we're back into provincial, federal, provincial jurisdiction issues again, but I think that would that would really solve a lot of the problems that pop up every time there's a new project. If we had these sort of things settled in advance, it would uh, it would solve a number of issues, it would solve legal issues, and it would certainly solve um, issues for investors who are looking for predictability when it comes to making uh, investments in big projects. Always good talking to you, Aaron. Thank you for the time today. Thanks a lot, Ray. Aaron Woodrick, and uh, it's taxpayer.com, okay? Taxpayer.com. Do not add the S. Do not add the S. Taxpayer.com. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.